Before we start this podcast, I want to definitely remind you of a sponsor for Fresh of the Word, 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest. In a world of wrestling where there's hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads, don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. So if you'd like to discuss a possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or even Zubaz, then drop them a line at 20by20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20apparel.com. And also check out their enamel pin line. It's super cool. Fresh is the word. Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. And like always, we have the freshest of topics along with the freshest of guests for you. The guests for this episode are Chiarelli Castillo and Kristen Sturgis, members of the metalcore band Conquer Divide. Recently, they dropped their first single in five years called Chemicals, along with a Billie Eilish cover of the song Bad Guy. Uh, we talk about, you know, what it was like coming back to uh, making music again, why the break, uh, things that were going on in their life. Uh, talk about my obsession with their song, What's Left Inside, from their, uh, their debut self-titled album. Uh, we also talk about what's, you know, what they're dealing with during the pandemic, both personally and as band. I love Conquer Divide so much. I'm so glad they are back with new material. Uh, that's a high point of 2020 uh i do want to give a shout out to Kristen sturgis of the band she's been on the front line as a as a nurse uh doing various contracts both you know in michigan and in other places uh so you know my hat's off to her salute she's been doing the doing the, the dangerous work you know been helping out with uh you know the pandemic with the covid you know so you know, she's, uh, you know, salute to her. She's been doing important, essential work. Um, you know, this this is a band that I just want y'all to go listen to, man. Yo, conquerdivide.bandcamp.com. That's where you can uh, go uh, listen to Chemicals. Uh, if you go into their YouTube uh, channel, they have uh, some really funny videos they put up, especially the 15 minutes of reading uh, weird and mean tweets and posts um from their you know from their career that is hilarious uh super funny i think janelle uh one of the members of the band uh the screaming vocalist she should just have her own show because she's hilarious um but and ever since then uh ever since that video which i've watched probably about 20 times already uh Kia says iconic so much that I've been starting to say it. And uh, apparently she invented the word. So I'm going to take that as, as is. Uh, So, yo, you know, definitely go, you know, check them out man. conquer divide. 
they're just a kick-ass band, you know, kick-ass metal band. Uh, before we get into that interview with Kia and Kristen, uh, you know, just what's going on, you know, it's more the weird weirdness of of 2020, the pandemic. You know, people think that wearing a mask uh, uh, <laughs> is taking away their freedoms. With all the other things in the world and in this country that you could argue argue that is taking away our freedoms, wearing masks is what they want to, you know, is the hill that they want to die, die upon, you know. So, I don't know, man. I just want everybody to be safe so we can get out of this. We can, like, go to concerts again and see awesome bands like Conquer Divide again with their awesome new music um besides that man it's really not you know too much you know same old stuff man i just like i'm, I'm just i'm excited to do the this uh you know do the podcast we're coming up on five years the five-year anniversary of uh of fresh the word is coming up at the end of november and I'm not sure what I'm, I, I want to get somebody special for it. Um, somebody that's like influential in my life, whether I know them or not. I have a few things cooking in my head from previous times when I want try to do anniversary shows and, um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it goes, man. I'm going to reach out to a few people, but we got some good guests, uh, coming up, uh, in the future. Uh, a lot of great music, you know, a lot of music guests, uh, graphic novel writers. We got, you know, it's it's just uh, stay tuned to uh, Fresh of the Word, you know, and all, you know, all the streaming platforms. If you can, please, 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 you know, rate and review Fresh of the Word on, on on Apple Podcasts, and also check out my other uh, podcast, which is Renaissance Soul. It's a Detroit um, a Detroit music history po- podcast, and uh, we just kind of tap you know, tackle a topic or album or whatever each week with, you know, somebody, you know, with that artist or somebody who's knowledgeable about it. We've had some great episodes thus far. I'm always thinking of new ideas of stuff that I want to uh, talk about. So, you know, go, you know, check out Renaissance Soul. All of this can be uh, found out at, uh, you can find out more information about all this at uh, freshesthepodcast.com. And, uh, you know, thank you, If I haven't said it yet, you know, thank you to anybody that's listening, you know, subscribing, sharing, you know, know, it means a lot. I just want to build it up more and uh, hopefully we can. All right. After a word from our sponsor, let's get into the interview with Kia and Kristen from the band Conquer Divide. All right, welcome back to the Fresh the Word podcast. And like always, we have the freshest of guests for you. And joining me for this episode is Kia and Kristen, two members of the metal band Conquer Divide. And they have a new single called Chemicals out after a bit of a hiatus. And I'm so happy that they're uh, back. It's been, this new single has been a bit of a, uh, a joy in this shitty two. 2020 year that we're going through so thank you for coming on the show kia and Kristen. thank you so much thanks for having us <laughs> like i said it was when when i got an email saying that there's going to be a new conquer divide song i was just like that that just made my day and i was just like <laughs> all right not everything in 2020 is going to be crap 
<laughs> so uh, you got the new uh, you got the new single, Chemicals. You also did a uh, a cover of uh, a Billie Eilish tune, and uh, yeah. So let's uh, let's just get into it. You know, uh, you know, why'd y'all come back? You know, you know what you know. What was the motivate motivating factor that to like say, hey, we're gonna make music again? Um, I think like we always planned on coming back. We just had a lot going on. Like Izzy got married, and then I got married, and that stuff takes like a year to plan. <laughs> That's a long time. <laughs> like I don't know, it's just a lot. Um, and you know, we we also have other personal goals. Like Kia just recently started going to school and. I don't know. It, yeah, but we always planned on coming back. It just, it was difficult, like, after our first album was put out because our label kind of went under, so to speak. <laughs> and so that, I guess that, that was kind of a factor because it's hard when you lose all your funding. And, you know, so we're, we're self-releasing all this. So that was another thing, too. You got to save up because mm -hmm. these things cost money. <laughs> right. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say like we kind of all really wanted to come back and then like it just so happened that we got everything like ready to go right before all of the <laughs> right shutdowns. And, yeah. And so then it was like, well, this is a good time. Like people are still at home and maybe more people will be like bored and they'll be like, let's check out this band we've never heard of. <laughs> I mean, it was a good sign that you got it, yeah. you know, that you got everything in before, you know, everything hits. Mm -hmm. yeah, oh, it sure. was literally like a week and a half, I think, before COVID yeah. first hit. Um, was it California or Seattle or something? Yeah. Like, we literally filmed our video, and then like a week later, that's when the news started coming out that they had like their first case, and it was just crazy. And I, mm -hmm. I feel bad because like, so our director was supposed to come back and film like a bunch of other videos for like huge bands, like bands way bigger than us. And then he ended up getting stuck. You know, he couldn't come back over because they, they shut down the flights and uh, so I'm glad we got in when we did, but oh, yeah, bad for, for, sure. <laughs> for all those other bands. <laughs> so, uh, you know, with uh you know with the song chemicals you know when was the you know when did you start writing this uh this song you know when did everything kind of start you know percolating in regards to this uh this comeback oh gosh what was it like two years ago i think yeah I'm, yeah i'm like trying to remember like what apartment did i live in <laughs> <laughs> that's like my time frame i think it was like two years ago yeah and i like we actually had written another song that we were like we were like thinking oh this will be the song for when we come back and then i think like when we wrote this one it was like this one's way better yeah like forget <laughs> about that other one yeah 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 i'm pretty sure that's what happened yeah <laughs> i mean not and that so, the other song is bad but this song i, I feel like is more balanced like yeah between i don't know it's got a decent amount of heavy parts and I don't know, catchy chorus. It's just more mm -hmm. balanced. The other song yeah. maybe was a little bit too too light to come back with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, did anything feel different in regards to doing this song than anything from the, the debut album? I feel like I feel like our direction just changed a little bit. Um, and I think that was another reason why like 
there's a there, there's like another song that we were working on that felt like it was a little bit like stagnant compared to like the direction that we want to go in so i think like moving forward we're just kind of focusing on having like like kristen was saying like a little bit more balance and like just i feel like we're just have like kind of a new sound but like we still kind of sound like us so. yeah definitely a more mature sound I think not that mm-hmm. you know there's anything wrong with our first record but we've grown as people and I think our tastes have changed a little bit and we've all matured so that is kind of reflected in the songwriting yeah, yeah I I love that uh I love the first album I don't I don't know how I got got around to uh you know discovering you guys but I was just like I really enjoyed it, and I swear I was like completely obsessed with um, with the song "What's Left Inside." Uh, yeah. <laughs> I used to just have it on like repeat and just watch the video over and over again, listen to the song over and over again. I like download the album, and I would have it on my iPod, listen to that song over and over again. I would listen to the rest of the <laughs> album, but I would listen to that song like so many times. I don't even I don't, I don't even know what the count is about how much I listened to that damn song. No, I mean, that song's definitely a banger. I feel like it's probably, like, all of our favorite song, if, like, off of that album, if not, like, one of them. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that one really is one, too, that I feel like kind of reached every audience as opposed to just, like, one specific audience, which I think was really, what was really cool about that one, too. What was, you know, what was the... What was sort of your motivation behind that song, you know? You know, kind of, you know, talk about, like, sort of, like, behind the scenes of that song. Um, Well, so that song's about my dad. (laughs) We didn't have the greatest relationship uh, growing up, especially when I got into my teenage years and I started playing in metal bands, and he's super religious, and so we kind of butted heads there, and... um, he kind of shunned everything I did, like even up until recently, um, which is super interesting. He's never listened to my band, refused to go to a show um, until recently. A friend of his that he went to high school with um, apparently heard of my, my husband's work and our band and said, you, you know, your daughter's band is really good. And my dad was like, what? Like, you know, now like he's got this friend from years ago that's telling him to like listen to our band. Like we've made it, like we've reached that far. <laughs> and so then he goes back and starts playing all of our, our old videos. And now my mom says he's like obsessively watching our videos. It's just crazy because <laughs> we've been a band since 2013. He's never played our songs, not even once. <laughs> and it took his friend to. Oh, this year, until like, yeah, until like. I think this happened like three weeks ago. See, so, I told you crazy. people are staying at home and people are watching things. They yeah. watch. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, we just didn't have a good relationship. And that song was just years and years of pent up, just emotional turmoil that I needed to get out. And, you know, I, I feel it, it's, I don't know, it's very cathartic and I feel like, I have a better relationship with him now. Like I've moved past some of those issues. Um, And I think that's the whole point of songwriting is, you know, to help you get through stuff and feel better about it. (laughs) You don't want to be sad about it forever. So I don't know. 
Did you realize that song was about him? Yeah, because my my mom oh. <laughs> my mom told him she was like I think they got into a fight or something and she tried to use it against him. She's like, even, even your daughter doesn't like you. Listen to this. I'm like, come on, mom. Like it's not like that. We don't. I don't dislike my father. I have a lot of respect for my dad. Um, he was a good dad. It's just there's just some things we didn't see eye to eye on, and music was one of those. And uh, anyway, but. <laughs> Yeah, but, he unfortunately knows it's about him. <laughs> but what I liked about the song, and I think maybe this is what resonates so, with so many other people, is that, um, you know, even though it is, you know, written, you know, this is about your dad, but uh, I feel like it's in a way, and in the way Kia performs it, her vocals, um, there's there's room for interpretation with it. Oh, um, yeah. Because yeah. when I was, uh, you know, when I first heard it, I was maybe like a year and a half or so out of like a very abusive relationship. Um, I was with this woman and she was very, you know, emotionally abusive with me. And, and even, even, at, even like, I'm still like dealing with it mentally. But at that time, when I heard that song, there was something about it that really uh, resonated with me in regards to what I was feeling, you know, and that's why I listened to it probably thousands of times. Uh, <laughs> well, no, that's awesome. And like, we want fans to be able to have their own interpretation like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think we did kind of leave it more open ended lyrically on purpose, mm-hmm. um, just so people could make their own connection to it. Because, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was a tough song. It, it, that was probably the fastest song I ever wrote. It came out in under five minutes, and I sobbed when I wrote it, I was bawling. I wrote it in our, our old apartment in Novi back when we lived there and <laughs> Joey wasn't home. I, don't, I usually don't like to write or sing in front of him because I'm not a good vocalist. Kia is a million times better than me. <laughs> so I don't like to sing in front of people, but I think I had gotten into a fight with my dad or something happened and it just like poured out and the song was like done in like five minutes, at least on acoustic guitar we had to transpose it to what it is now but yeah i'm just i'm very happy other people can relate to it mm-hmm. and speaking of such what is like the uh sort of like the songwriting process in this band you know what you know who does what you know do you kind of bounce ideas off each other you know what, what do you guys do it's different for every song you know that song in particular i you know pretty much wrote by myself but other songs we all like chemicals um, was very collaborative. Everybody kind of contributed in some way or another um, lyrically. And I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it depends one, on the song. I think like one interesting thing I was thinking about this earlier with like the way that we wrote chemicals. So a lot of times what happens is like, or at least I guess for chemicals, I, I'm not too familiar with all of them, but I feel like with chemicals, like Kristen and Izzy kind of wrote, most of the instruments together and then I remember like Kristen sending me over like oh these are just like melody ideas and so usually like when she does that it's not like words it's like la di das and I remember um the first time I heard it we like both texted each other at the same time hey when you go la da 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 it sounds like you're saying light it up and burn it to the ground and we were like 
like we were like both like holy shit we both yeah. got that at the same time and oh yeah we, right there. we like built yeah, that yeah. whole song around that one line yeah we, we did we were like wow well, okay well if we do say light it up and burn it all to the ground what are we talking about and like we built that whole song around yeah around Kristen going la di da 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 di da yeah yeah <laughs> which i think that's so sick like i don't know that we've ever really done that and like written a whole song around one line that was actually just la di da's at one point yeah. and sometimes <laughs> yeah. that's the best way to write music i know a lot of bigger artists do that um i like to watch a lot of videos on how other artists write and uh, lincoln park they write that way and i know Sia does as well, um, the pop singer. Yeah. She just starts by humming something over top of, you know, whatever you have, a chord progression or whatever. And it's a little more freeing that way uh, because if you're tied down to a lyric, it can constrict what you're able to do with the melody. So it's yeah. easier to use short syllables like la di da um, in order to come up with your melody first and then you fit words in later um and not you know not that lyrics are second to melody but yeah. i just find it makes for a catchier song um, when you have a better melody first as opposed to you know being constrained to whatever your lyric is mm -hmm. yeah definitely definitely what was sort of uh you know when you're starting to write this uh this new song chemicals you know what did you, where did you go next with it? You know, where was the ideas popping, you know, to what you wanted to write about? So we took a lot of inspiration just from our own experiences touring with other artists. Um, there's a lot of artists, you know, unfortunately that struggle with addiction and touring is like the worst place for them to be because, you know, like fans want to party with you. And so they will if they know you have an addiction, they will literally bring your drug of choice to you for free and be like, Hey, do you want to smoke this with me? Or do you want to shoot this up with me? Like just so they can like have five minutes of your time essentially. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. it's like the worst place for the artist to be. And then on top of that, you know, these artists will have labels and managers that also know that they've got addiction problems, but they, tend to want to keep them on the road because they're selling records and they're mm -hmm. making a ton of money. So <laughs> they kind of just look the other way. I'm, you know, no love, so, no love, no love, no so love. Like, <laughs> we, we just kind of, I feel like that hasn't been talked about before. Yeah. Long. There's a lot of songs that are about addiction and, and partying and whatnot, but there's nothing that specifically addresses that nuance, I guess. And so, yeah. yeah, I think too, like, like one of the biggest things for me is like, you listen to these artists that have these like, amazing albums and like, and they're like, like, I've seen comments before of people saying like, oh, their music was better when he did drugs. Yeah, or their right. music was better when they were drunk all the time. And like, mm -hmm. people that don't separate the fact that like, that's a person like, they shouldn't be getting fucked up all the time just so that you can enjoy their music. Yeah. Because if you were, if you were truly like a fan of someone, like you would want their best interest and you would say, of course, maybe you'd be like, Oh, I'm so happy that they're sober now instead of like, wow, they were so much better and they were on drugs all the time. Like that's just so, that's so messed up. And I feel like that's so common 
yeah. it's, it just shouldn't be so normalized for people to be okay with like saying those things. Yeah. And expecting an artist to like stay fucked up in order to like please them, I guess. No, I feel you. There's, I mean, to a certain extent, I feel like there has been a lot of progress to going where people, there's a lot of people leading more of a healthy lifestyle on the road and whatnot. And I, you know, I know of some people who, who have quit drinking, quit doing drugs. And there's yeah. like, there's people like, you know, the greatest example, um, cause you know, I, I come from more of like the hip hop scene too here in Detroit. And like one of the, you know, the greatest examples is Royce the five nine who, uh, he quit drinking many years ago and now he's doing some of the best work, not only of his career, but in, in hip hop period. And you love to see it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm always on the side of, yo, I, these are people too, you know, so I want them to be healthy, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. and, and a lot of times you never know, like, like if they quit doing these vices, these drugs or whatnot, you know, they might be able to create on a whole other level, you know? And maybe, yeah. and maybe, you know, once they quit, they're still not at that place to feel comfortable enough to get to that level. So maybe that's why people are like, um, I liked him better when he was fucked up all the time, you know, but they're probably still dealing with it, even though they're sober now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just thought it was something that needed to be addressed. <laughs> so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very happy with the, I don't know, the subject matter of the song. I mean, the, the whole song, but particularly the, the lyrics, it's definitely more to it than what it seems on the surface it's a pretty big issue what's you know you know you got a new song out you know what's sort of like the perception of the band like what what's sort of like what do you hope to accomplish these days you know making more making new music in comparison to what you were doing before with you know the debut album, the self-titled album, touring and whatnot. I know, you know, right now we're not touring because of the pandemic, but like what, you know, is there, is there more freedom now you have? Uh, is there, you know, what's sort of like your creative like motivation these days? Sorry, my cat scared me. Um, <laughs> um, so I would say like what I've kind of am hoping for, and I feel like we're all on the same page is like, like more variety of subject matter on this album, talking about things that like aren't talked about very much um, as opposed to just kind of staying in like one category. Um, I know like Kristen and I were kind of talking about, it's hard to write about. Sometimes it's hard to write about like tough material when you feel like, like it's easy to write when you're like really depressed all the time, but sometimes when you feel like you're not in that box of like feeling sad. It's hard to write about those things. And I think that kind of helped us open up and think about, well, we could write about things from other people's point of view and things that maybe maybe I've never personally dealt with or Kristen's never personally dealt with, but maybe people that we know have. Um, so I, I think like definitely a more variety of subject matter is kind of at least one of my biggest goals for this next album for sure. Yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> and as I mean, as far as uh, not just the writing, but I think, yeah, eventually we do want to be able to tour with our new songs and 
whenever this whole pandemic thing <laughs> lets up, <laughs> hopefully by next year. Um, yeah, definitely we want to tour again. So that's kind of the goal. Um, and then who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens when it comes to working with, you know, a new team or a new label. Um, but we're just kind of taking it one step at a time and trying to find the right fit for us. So that's a yeah. big step. So I don't know. <laughs> In the meantime, how, uh, how do you feel? How do you want to like kind of stay out there until all this clears up with the pandemic? Uh, you know, definitely with the new songs, but you know, do you have anything like plan to just kind of keep your, uh, keep the name out there, keep the music out there? Yeah, I think we're just, our plan for now is to just keep releasing singles. Um, I think that's more the move than dropping a whole album. Um, you know, I, it, it's easier for us as independent artists to be able to put the time and energy behind each song that it needs to yeah. um, reach everybody. So it's easier for us from that standpoint to just put singles out. Um, and then, you know, if we get the right backing, and we can afford to do the whole the whole album, we will, but, you know. I think it, we're all kind of more aware of, like, the amount of content that we really need to be putting out other than yeah. just singles. Yeah. Um, because of, like, you know, I feel like when our first album came out, like, influencers weren't really, like, as big of a thing, and I feel like now that now that it is, it's so it's so much easier to be able to try to stay relevant on the internet when you know, as long as we just have content and there's a lot of like, we all are so like, obviously we have a lot of things in common, but we're all also like very different and we all like different types of content online. And I think that's kind of helped us kind of like brainstorm some cool ideas that, you know, we still have to kind of work on. But I think that's also going to be really important because we can't obviously put out a new single every week or whatever. So, right. Like the cool thing was when you got, were coming back, you uh, had the little short clip where they're you know showing all the social media clips about like, like you know you guys coming back when y'all come back you know yeah. I, you know is band done blah 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 and then like you know I see you guys um you know reposting a lot of the fans comments and stuff on Instagram you know how you know how does it feel to you know see that there's still people around that like you guys had at that that previous album that are are excited like me that you're back it's crazy uh, i mean sick <laughs> yeah it's definitely bigger than i expected that's for sure like i yeah. thought i don't know we'd make a little splash but i didn't think it would be like a whole ass cannonball <laughs> i mean I, it's crazy i don't know yeah. I think we were kind of like also not expecting the worst, but like definitely not expecting crickets. That. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We weren't, I don't, I think we were like prepared, like, okay, this might not do great. Like, we'll do a little something, you know? <laughs> but I think for sure we were all kind of taken aback, like, whoa, <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've definitely had a way bigger response. I think from this song than probably any song that we've put out mm -hmm. to date, just, yeah. I mean, just seeing the fan responses and there's already so many covers and reviews and <laughs> tons of articles, like, uh, you know, in particular certain magazines that I won't name 
sharing the song and, and actually having something good to say about it, like magazines that are typically very hard to please. Right. Um, and again, I won't name names, but I was like, whoa, like they left a good review about this song. Like, okay, that's when you know you're doing something right. <laughs> You know, may, you know, maybe it was just me, you know, with, you know, the new songs and, you know, everything from the debut album. But, you know, Conquer Divide was like a band that's like, it was just a really cool, really cool metal band. And what sort of like, this is a band that's all women. And sometimes that can be a weird thing in regards to the perception of the metal like yeah. community. Like, how do you sort of balance that? Because I feel like, you know, your debut album, like was it what it, it, this was just a cool album you know it wasn't a cool album from a of an all-woman band you know so right. how do you sort of like kind of balance that where you're like okay we're all women but you just want to be a really good band yeah that's that's the hard part and that's what we've always like strove for i think from the beginning so that's kind of why we sort of played down our image a little especially on the first album we didn't really I don't know, you know, there's certain bands that definitely use their image more than <laughs> than we do. And um but yeah, we just we wanted to be respected just like any other band. Mm -hmm. You know. Um I think it's I feel like it's crazy like if we release like a lyric video or something where it's just album cover or whatever song, no one really says anything about it and then when it's a music video and you can clearly see us, it's like, oh, they're only good because like they're only popular because they're all girls. And it's like, well, you didn't think that when you couldn't tell that we were all girls, you yeah. know? And another thing that I think is like, I think people mean it in such a nice way, but I feel like it is kind of harmful is when they say to Janelle, like, oh my God, I had no idea. You sound just like a guy, like as if that's like the standard. You know, like yeah. she's a good vocalist. She doesn't need to really be like, if, even if she sounded like a female vocalist, like that doesn't mean she's not good, you know? Yeah, it's like a backhanded compliment or kind yeah, of. Yeah, or like, oh, you guys are it, just as good as the guys. It like, like reduces you to your right. gender kind of mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, so it is a bit, bit of a struggle to see those kind of comments, but mm -hmm. I guess it, what can you do comes with the territory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Right, right. So, you know, with a lot of the, you know, you, you talked about it a little bit already, but, you know, we're, right now we're going through another civil rights movement with the Black Lives Matter. And that's also, you know, sort of generating, th you know, subsets of it. There's, um, you know, things coming out in certain industries. Um, in regards to, um, you know, sexual abuse and everything again, you know, th this civil rights movement is, is basically motivating other little different things to come yeah. out, you know, coming back, you know, writing new material, how does this sort of time in, in society sort of affect your songwriting and how you just carry yourselves as, you know, women in this band? Um, I kind of feel like it's, it's inspired us because like, you know, we already, like, like I said earlier, we've already wa been wanting to, like, touch on a lot more, like, serious issues that, like, maybe not everyone in the band has dealt with or anyone in the band has dealt with. And I think it's really important to talk about a lot of those things. And I think that, like, 
I kind of feel like we wanted to bring light to some of these things anyways. And now it's kind of like, now it feels like we can and people will be more accepting of it, um, which is nice because it is hard to talk about those kinds of things. Um, and I feel like we kind of all were like, well, you know, they need to be talked about regardless. But now it feels like we have a little bit more kind of like people that we know will support us. And um, I think it kind of just helps us think of like even more things, you know, to write about. Like we've already kind of wanted to talk about like like sexual abuse, um, domestic abuse, racism, police brutality. We've all, we want to talk about all of those things. Yeah. And it feels like now we kind of have a little bit more of like a backing um, for that too, which is nice. Because yeah. I mean, I, th I think if we would have touched on the topic, like even five years ago or before the Me Too movement, we probably would have gotten a little bit more backlash from the metal industry. Because I mean, people are already quick to call you a, a bunch of lesbian feminists or whatever for yeah. for talking about serious issues. <laughs> like they just reduce you into this right. box, mm -hmm. and it's not. I don't know. So it, yeah, I think the climate is more conducive to touching on those topics. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like and in I the metal it's... community that there is like just more, more women voices like out there these days that are making it easier for, you know, a band like you to be able to talk about those issues? Um, I don't know that it's necessarily the scene in general. I think that, you know, it's hard for women to stand up or even men um, to stand up and admit that they've been sexually abused or otherwise abused in any way. Um, and so I think once, you know, one person might stand out and then another person stands out and that kind of brings strength to someone who maybe has been like holding this inside of them for so long to finally say like, oh, well, this happened to me too. Um, and I think like, it, I mean, it does contribute to the fact like we are able to now talk about these things a little bit more openly because people like recognize that it is a thing that happens. So, I mean, I guess I would say it does kind of contribute to it in a way because, you know, it it empowers other people to stand up and then that empowers us to be able to also stand up at the same time. Right. And I think, too, in this, you kind of and this kind of touched on something we talked about, you know, at the beginning is like. We're going through this uh, civil rights movement, but we're also going through it during a pandemic. So to a certain extent, a lot of people are kind of bored. So I feel like at times there's times there's like people are actually kind of finding the strength to be able to out people who are abusers at, during these times. Because I'm seeing it across the board and in a lot of different industries, whether it's electronic music DJs, uh, people yeah. in local rock scenes, stuff like that. So it's just like, you know, I don't know if it's just out of boredom or that this time of confinement made them feel safer or something. But we're going through a time where you're seeing a lot more people being outed for their shitty behavior. Yeah, and I think that goes back to like how how Kristen was saying, you know, if 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 we wanted to talk about these things before the Me Too movement really like took off, um, it would have kind of been like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just a crazy feminist. And I think like, I don't think that people who come out as victims do it because they're bored. I think they do it because they finally feel like 
they won't be judged for it, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's so much victim blaming that happens in, you know, all over the world, um, not just in certain genres of music or in certain areas of the world, all over the place. And I think that when you see so much victim blaming, it's hard to come out as a victim because you don't want to get blamed because no one deserves to be blamed when they're the victim. Um, and so I think it's mostly like people just have the time to really sit and see like there's other people that share my story and that makes them feel like then they can share their story too. Yeah. Like there's a, yeah, it comes to a time where they see someone share their story and be like, all right, I can't, I can't just let them, you know, flail in the wind about that. Do, mm -hmm. Can I like, you know, do I have the strength to, you know, share my story too? Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a big thing. Like, I think that's why the Me Too movement took off because it was about when you see someone talking about those things, even if you're not a victim yourself, you let them know that they're not alone and that they're, you're proud of them for sharing their story. And if you are also a victim, that's why you say like, well, me too, you know, and I understand and I'm here for you. And I think that empowers other people to then come forward. And that's why it's kind of like a snowball effect, I think. What do you hope, you know, the listeners of the new song, your new music, even the debut album, you know, get out of listening to, to Conquer Divide, all these great songs? Um, I would say I don't think there's anything specific. I like one thing that I think we, we all... Um, find in common is like we want people to listen to our music and interpret it in whatever way helps them um you know what's left inside doesn't mean the same thing as it does to Kristen yeah and it doesn't mean the same thing to everyone as it does to Kristen and I think that like she wrote it in a way that she knew people I mean I'm speaking for you and I'm sorry but <laughs> in a way that you know she knows people can relate to it and I think like if you ha if you listen to a song and um, and you can't relate to it in any way, it I mean it's still a good song, but I find it so much more powerful if you can kind of find your own meaning in it. Like like a like a song like that, you Love know, you. like what's left inside. Like she writes it, but you sing it. You know, where do you, where do you find the connection in her words? Um, it's kind of I feel like it's all it's all kind of dependent on like when I'm singing it and, you know, when I'm performing it and even down to like which line I'm singing. Um, I, I don't think that like when I performed what's left inside, for example, like whether in the music video or in the studio, I don't think I was ever really thinking about one specific person or one specific incident in my entire life. It kind of just depend on what I was singing about. And sometimes I was even able to think like, well, if I was Kristen, this is how I would feel during this part and even doing like performing it that way too. If that makes sense. <laughs> totally does. Totally does. As we, you know, as we wind things down, like how are, how are you guys like dealing with the whole pandemic thing? You know, how, how are you keeping your, your mental faculties in order? How, how are you getting the, letting the time pass by, you know, how how you been how you been during this uh this this whole pandemic? Well, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually ran headfirst right into it because I'm, I'm sure you've heard I'm a nurse. So I was working at the University of Michigan um, doing a COVID contract for like three months uh, just to help them out. They opened up a brand new unit. Um, 
in their pediatric hospital um, because it's a, I guess the whole unit is a negative pressure unit. So it like takes all the dirty air and shoots it out into the atmosphere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, no, it was, it was crazy. It was pretty rough. Like we probably lost 80% of the unit and like if, if you are needing a ventilator and you have COVID your chances are not good. And, and this is best case scenario, you know, university of Michigan is like top 10 hospital in the country. It's right. Um, you know, you're in the best case scenario and, and still like, yeah, it was crazy. Like I've been a nurse for 13 years and probably seen in that time period, maybe four people die in 13 years. And then just in that three month period, I had like eight patients that I was personally taking care of that died. Um, and I'm, you know, doing everything I can for them running my ass off and they're on 20 drips a piece. And like, it's, yeah, it was crazy. You go to like turn the patient, move them from side to side and they have a fluid shift in their lungs and they go into cardiac arrest 10 minutes later and they're gone. Wow. So it's, yeah, it's pretty wild. So currently I'm helping out. Um, so that kind of tapered off. (laughs) We lost most of that unit, unfortunately. Um, and then Michigan kind of started coming back on the upswing. We don't have as many cases. It's a lot better now, but now the pandemic is crazy in other parts of the country. So Texas is getting hit really hard right now. Um, Atlanta and Arizona. And so now I'm doing another COVID contract in Arizona and Phoenix um, at, until mid September to help them out. Cause they're, they need ICU nurses down there. So yeah. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm home right now in Michigan just for like two days on my days off. Um, but I have to fly back uh, Wednesday. So, <laughs> well, thank you for your service. Proud of you. No problem. <laughs> Proud of you. Thank you for everything. <laughs> no problem. I mean, I, don't thank me. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just doing what I can to help. But and it's a lot. Thank you. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something I'll never forget. Especially like right now, Arizona's not that bad. They're kind of on the upswing again. Like their cases are tapering off and they're, they're doing better. So right now this contract I'm doing is a lot better than when we got hit here in Michigan. So it's not, it's not so bad, but the, the Michigan one, that was definitely something I'll never forget. Like it was wild. <laughs> and I've seen, and I've seen some shit in my days cause I, I work downtown Detroit Oh, okay. At a, at a level one trauma center. So I've seen some shit and even this was topped that. Wow. <laughs> wow. So wear a mask, people. Yeah, wear a mask. <laughs> Wash your hands. Yo, I got a ton of masks. Get the fuck I, home. <laughs> the silver lining in all this is that like I've been wanted I've been wanting masks to be like a social norm like forever. Mm-hmm. So now I have like a whole collection of masks <laughs> of all types. Like, you know, Honestly. I don't mind it because I'm like now right. I don't have to like smell people's bad breath. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's always like when I'm at work, it's always like the nurses like with the worst breath 
that want to give you report like right next to your face like, they get, like right up they're like breathing like they're hot air breath on you because you have to like pass report off to the next shift like and it takes like a half hour and so you're listening to this person talk and like they just have hell and now i'm like oh, this is great i don't have to smell it anymore like, can we just normalize this yeah <laughs> at least i hope we normalize it to the point where if you're sick and you still got to go out wear a mask yeah uh-huh. and honestly i don't even mind like the the psycho cleanliness in public and you know just all these measures companies have implemented like i think it's great because i i was already a germaphobe right because of being a nurse like i i don't know I was already a germaphobe before the pandemic and now everybody's just acting like I previously acted before the <laughs> pandemic. So I'm like, everybody just leveled up to my level now. So I don't mind it. always used to have at least three things of hand sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> so get on her level now. Right, right, right. Uh, Kia, how have you been uh, dealing with the pandemic? Um, You know, I've been... I've been doing better since I've been back at work. I, um, so I work at a preschool and we closed for about, uh, a little under two months, I want to say. And I was going crazy. Um, I gained like 20 pounds. So that was, that was cool. Um, and then I think my mental health really took a toll during, during that time. Um, I've never really considered myself to be a super anxious person or anything. And I kind of feel like um, that really triggered my anxiety and like to the point where like now I still am dealing with anxiety like all the time, which is like, I know some people have dealt with that their whole lives and it's still very new for me. Um, But now that I'm back at work, um, I'm, I'm doing a lot better. I decided to go back to school. um, And so I feel like, having something to do and like being able to just like work with kids all day is, is, is fun. And I love it. Um, I will say the hardest thing is, you know, trying to like explain to them why they have to do things a certain way now, you know, like we only have, um, we have about 15 kids in my classroom right now. And we usually can only sit about two kids at each table for meals. Um, And so it's hard for them, especially because when their friend is on the other side of the room, they want to yell and we're like, it's too loud. (laughs) Um, So it's definitely been hard to like kind of explain to, you know, three, four and five year olds, like what's going on. And I'm just really hoping that um, we don't have to close again just for everyone's sake. But I also am kind of like, maybe we should if, you know, if people can't like get their shit together like I live in Boulder and CU uh, Boulder just opened up this week and so you know like college kids from all over the place now are like living like two blocks away from where I work and where I live and it's just like that's very stressful to me (laughs) not ideal (laughs) (laughs) not ideal at all cool it's been great talking with you, uh, you two. Um, is there, you know, what's the plans for the future? I mean, I know we talked a little bit about it, but, you know, is there anything, you know, final thoughts that you want to just tell everybody about the band or about, you know, yourselves, you know, 
Go ahead and, and share that. Um, <laughs> this is always the hard part. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Um, I mean, we definitely do have some more stuff planned. Um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we have been working on like some content, like just some fun, like not necessarily music related content. Um, we do have a few songs that um, we've been working on that are not necessarily, you know, ready to be birthed into the world quite yet. Um, but it's something that we're definitely working on. Um, yeah, I feel like it's just kind of now just got to wait and see a little bit longer. <laughs> Where can uh, people go online to get more information about Conquer Divide? Uh, com is a great place to start. And then you can follow us pretty much everywhere at Conquer Divide. Um, and then uh, Facebook is... At con- or sorry, slash Conquer Divide USA. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they got a lot of great merch on the website, so go cop some yeah. merch. Yeah. yeah, we do. Go cop the new um, single, go go buy it, and go on mm-hmm. their band camp and go buy it. Yes. Please, buy a Please. single. Yeah. <laughs> buy it. I dropped, the two, I dropped the two bucks for the single, so you can Ooh. too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. All right, Kia and Kristen, it's been great talking with you. Good luck on everything. I've been so psyched that you guys are back. I can't wait to hear more music from Conquer Divide. And thank you for taking the time out to uh, come on Fresh of the Word. Of course. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Fresh of the Word podcast. Hosted and produced by myself, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. Empowered by Anchor at anchor.fm slash Fresh of the Word. Fresh of the Word theme music provided by Steve O. You can find more of his productions at imsteveo.bandcamp.com and that's E-Y-E-A-M-S-T-E-V-E-O.bandcamp.com. Fresh of the Word is available on all major streaming platforms. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you want to support Fresh of the Word, please consider pledging via Patreon at patreon.com slash Fresh of the Word. Follow Fresh of the Word on social media on Twitter at Fresh of the Pod, on Instagram at Fresh of the Word Podcast, and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fresh of the Word. For more information about Fresh of the Word and our other podcasts, Breaking Records and Renaissance Soul, and a collection of pop culture articles and reviews, please visit freshofthepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and your support. Goodbye and good night. Fresh is the word.